Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. By the way, uh, Richard Trumka, who passed away at the age of 72, uh, who was the head of the AFL CIO, uh, was a Penn State grad. It's not good when I'm telling the news department who people are. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's the first one. I didn't know that one either. This is what happens when you've lived a long life. I already have several text messages from the suit asking what the what the franchise value of, of Shikolami happens to be. It's just... Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I, uh, I have no words. Sorry Dave Ritchie wasn't there yesterday, by the way. So. Yeah, we missed Chief. Hopefully we'll get him next time. Yeah, that's one of the great guys ever. And really, on Friday nights, is a saint. All right, so uh, <laughs> time now for our play-by-play call of the day. The Magic Man wins gold. Find some late to win gold against the Dyer. Taylor can celebrate. David Taylor, who lives year-round year here, by the way. Lives year-round here. Wins the gold medal. What a fabulous road. What a thrill to have seen him wrestle here, win two national titles, now live right right near here, and win a gold medal. And then Joe Kovacs won the silver in the shot put. And now, ladies and gentlemen, he's not only a Steeler expert, he is an expert on a certain portion of Matt Catrillo's life. <laughs> Where I'm talking, in the world of dirt, he's got dirt, lots of dirt. Alex Cazora, SteelersDepot.com. Alex, welcome. Start slinging the mud. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Uh, yeah, I usually lead with the Steelers part before the Catrillo part. It goes better on the resume. Um, my, one of my favorite stories of Catrillo is the time that he was trying to make breakfast in his Eagles outfit because that's all he has. And there was something stuck in the toaster or something. So while the toaster was plugged in, he stuck a metal knife to try to pry it out. And we had to prevent him from electrocuting himself. So I think I'm partially responsible for the reason why Catrillo was even here in studio today. Yeah, you are sadly correct about that. From 1961 to 2016 is the Eagles franchise in a nutshell. All right, so... um, So the Steelers get their first opportunity against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, no Ben, there'll be no Dak or anything like that. Alex, how do you view the preseason? What do you what do you look for? Are you looking for roster spots, uh, 
35 to 46. Are you looking for something else? What are you looking for? No, I'm looking for all of that. I know a lot of people roll their eyes at the preseason and, and glaze over it and fall asleep on their couch watching the fourth quarter. But it means so much to those guys making the last couple of spots on the 53, even the practice squad guys that are, you know, 54 to, you know, 65, whatever the number is going to be this year for the practice squad. And so it's really important for those guys. And in particular for me, because I've been at training camp, the last six practices for the Steelers, the guys that have been playing well in camp, can they translate that to a stadium? It's one thing to look good in camp against a team, you know, a team you've been repping against every single day, not always, you know, full contact. Can you translate that to a stadium environment against a brand new team where the, you know, the the, the nerves are, are bigger, the adrenaline's higher, the stakes are a lot more important, and can you show that same performance or the opposite? The guys that have struggled so far in camp, this is their opportunity to begin to turn that tide and come up clutch in these big moments. So it means a lot to a lot of guys, obviously not the veterans, not the established starters, but to everybody else, this game begins their Super Bowl, basically. When you are a high draft choice, you were expected to be an immediate contributor. Do Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth look like they are going to be contributors out of the gate? They do. I would say that both men have been as advertised from what they were, their scattering report was coming out of college. Najee Harris is going to be the Steelers' three-down running back. There's no ifs, ands, or, or buts about it. Um, he can block. He can catch. He's conditioned. That's, that's the important thing. We talked about the, the talent, the skill set, you know, how you jump, how fast you run, things like that. But are you conditioned? Are you in shape to ready to get ready to endure the number of snaps and a 17-game season plus preseason actions of potentially 21 games? And I think both men are. And Frymuth is catching absolutely everything. His hands were his best trait coming out of Penn State. And you throw the ball near his way, he's going to come down with it. He's got a shoulder injury, so I'm not 100% sure if he'll play tonight or not. That happened right. late Tuesday's practice. But uh, for in-season stuff, I mean, you know, Frymuth's going to play probably about 500, 550 snaps on the season. But Harris is going to be the guy from the word go. Among other draft choices, who's made an initial impression to you that now you're anxious to see actually play in a preseason game? That's a good question. Um, it's really all those guys. It's hard to pick one. I think Dan Moore Jr. has gotten a lot more reps as the first-team left tackle than we anticipated because the, the presumed starter, Chuck McCall, for is yet to practice, at least in team sessions so far in camp. So he's had some ups and downs and how he handles speed rushes. I think will be the number one thing I'll be watching for from him tonight and then there's also a really good punter battle too between the incumbent the established veteran jordan barry and the rookie presley harvin the third those guys have had some good practices and some good battles but it's hard to really replicate special teams inside a practice setting really once you get into a real game and there's a real rush and again that adrenaline and the stakes are a lot higher there's a crowd um that's when things really ramp up so that's a really close battle right now i think harvin would have the edge if he can find consistency because he certainly has a, a absolutely massive and booming leg, and he's been just displaying that at Heinz Field so far. Alex, what about Dwayne Haskins? I mean, obviously Mason Rudolph goes in, and he's the established number two guy. What do you want to see from Dwayne Haskins, and can he push Rudolph for two before it's all said and done? Haskins is one of those guys, like I mentioned earlier, the guys that have played really well in camp, can they translate that and carry that over to a stadium, you know, real game environment? And that'll be the question with him, because I suspect Wayne Haskins has always looked good in practice since he was like 11 years old, because the physical talent is, is immense. So can he read zone coverage? Can he make tight window throws? Can he lead receivers on what Matt Canada, the new OC, calls rack throws, run after catch, throws and opportunities for his receivers? But, but camp has been really strong for him so far. Um, in terms of the, the, 
the quarterback battle, I think Rudolph is still the number two right now. But I think with the way Haskins has played, he has at least cracked that door open and at least introduced the conversation. Could there be a change or a shift there? So if Haskins plays as well as he's been playing in practice this preseason, I think it will become a real conversation. But we'll have to you know, see what tonight looks like and kind of go from there. Here's an interesting one that's just all theory and conjecture and sticks with the number two quarterback. Does Mason Rudolph stay at two because of Mike Tomlin, or does Dwayne Haskins have a shot at unseating him as two because of fresh eyes of Matt, of, uh, Matt Canada? That's a really good question, and you're right, it is conjecture, and we'll just kind of have to see how this preseason goes. I, I think the important context here to remember is because a lot of people want to judge Rudolph and his six practices versus Dwayne Haskins and his six practices, and if you just judge those in a vacuum, Haskins would be the guy, but Rudolph's the fourth-year guy in the NFL and with his team. So there's a whole much, there's a lot bigger body of work to take into account than just what's happened the last two weeks. So again, Haskins has been impressive. I'm excited to see him hopefully in a two-minute drill tonight. Um, ultimately, though, you know, Tomlin's going to have final say. And this team still remains high on Mason Rudolph, right or wrong. And so Haskins will have to play really well to change his depth chart. T.J. Uh, Watt is going through an interesting situation because he has a chance to be the first $30 million non-quarterback in the NFL. There's a lot of stories circulating about that. What do you think about that possibility for him? I think it's a real one. I don't know exactly where that number is going to come in at. It's going to be he's going to be the highest paid defensive player in football and beat out Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa. So that puts you about what twenty seven and a half, twenty eight. Will he hit thirty? I think he certainly could. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, he's not been working in team sessions so far. I'm not a hundred percent sure why. It could be because of the contract. It could be for for other minor reasons. But it, it's well deserved. I write T.J. Watt a blank check and say, you know, whatever you get is is well deserved because he's been to me uh, one of the most feared and probably the second best defensive player in football the last two seasons behind Aaron Donald. And so um, there's no way to overpay a guy like that. All right, so let's take the end of last season. Uh, there's no doubt that T.J. Watt, I think, made Bud Dupree better. But I don't think it hurt T.J. Watt having Bud Dupree over there. When Dupree wasn't there, what did you think of Watt's performance because, it, because Dupree wasn't on the other side? Honestly, I thought it was about the same um, because although Dupree was is a really good player and came on strong last season, T.J. Watt's still T.J. Watt. And if you have a choice between T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, you're doubling T.J. Watt and you're taking your chances with Bud Dupree or almost literally anyone else in the league opposite. So um, certainly Watt saw a lot of double teams and Buffalo always has good game plans to try to neutralize those guys and um, they, you know, they'll play against Buffalo week one this year, so we'll see, see what the approach is. But um, I really don't think it changed too much. I would just say in general, the whole defense got real quiet down the stretch, Watt included, where they just didn't get a lot of pressure. They certainly didn't get turnovers, and that was one of the big reasons why this team collapsed uh, at the end, and including that wild card loss to, to, to Cleveland. So, um, you know, Watt got quiet, but the whole defense really you know, took a step back. How do you the offensive line right now? Because there has been changeover. Some big old incomplete. I wish I had a good answer for you. Uh, basically, three of the five guys projected starters for week one have not practiced or barely practiced, and three of those five guys, maybe even four of those five, won't play tonight. So I wish I could learn a, a whole lot more about this group so far, but it's been a lot of backups and a lot of guys have been dinged up, and it doesn't seem to be anything super long-term. They're being careful with some guys like right tackle Zach Banner, but it is the biggest question mark on this team to me heading into this season and two weeks in the camp. I really don't have any new answers for you, and I doubt we're going to get a whole lot more after uh, after tonight's game. 
Alex, what's your number two concern going in? The secondary, just some of the sub-package roles, and I've definitely seen some positivity there, some young guys stepping up, like James Pierre, a second-year corner who's having a really strong camp, intercepting passes, making splash plays. Um, they lost some guys in the secondary. They lost Mike Hilton. They released Steven Nelson. And so um, from a starter standpoint, there's still talent there. Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton, of course, make up Fitzpatrick. But some of those sub-package roles, who's going to be your nickel corner, who's going to be your dime defender, um, who's going to be able to rotate with Minka Fitzpatrick to allow him to be versatile and not be stuck as the center field free safety. So I think there's talent there. There's options there, but some of those guys still have to develop and emerge. And so O-line, secondary, are the two biggest concerns for the team right now. Uh, okay, so we talked about other draft choices. There are a free agent or two that's come in here because every once in a while one of those guys does something and they can make their way to a special team. Anybody in the free agent group right now that you think bears watching over the next couple of preseason games? I don't have a particular name for you just because the market's so thin at this point, but I can give you some yeah. positions. I, I still think safety could be an option. Add an extra depth guy there, potentially even guard, just some of the unprovenness of some of those guys that may not be ready for you know next man up type of duty. Um, but Kevin Colbert's not a stranger to making trades. Uh, very few GMs have made more trades this time of year than Kevin Colbert in the month of August. So I think you evaluate this group for the first two weeks of, of game action and then potentially make a move from there. But um, I, I would say that maybe safety and guard are the two areas to and of course, injuries can and will impact those those equations. But what I mean is on the current group, like you're you know you're watching practice. They're a free agent or two. You sit back and go, okay, he may not have been drafted, but you know he bears a longer longer look. Oh, an undrafted guy? Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone has really emerged yet. There was there's definitely a crop of undrafted free agent guys in the secondary that were interesting. Shakur Brown from Michigan State, Lamont yeah, Wade, okay. a local kid from Penn State. Um, yeah. But I think it's just probably too early to try to gauge that super well. But I think obviously preseason action tonight is where, you know, some guys that can really make plays and can, can, can step up. So um, I think that remains to be an open question. I'm glad you mentioned Lamont Wade. That's good. I'm glad you did. Because you know what? Somebody actually I think they could put on special teams, you could help them. Yeah, and he's versatile. He can play some safety, play some slot corner. He had a great interception early on in camp. And so there, there are definitely spots available. So young guys can step up and um, maybe capture that fifth cornerback spot or fifth safety spot. So if they play well, they can make their way on the roster. Okay, what's the cut-down schedule now? When, you know, when, got, when is the, when's the cut-down schedule here? Yeah, they got to go from 90 to 80. I believe it's August 24th. Don't quote me on that, but it's it's somewhere around there later August. And then right. the final cut down from 80 to 53 right before, um, right after the fourth preseason game, I should say. Alex, an absolute pleasure. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for the time. Thank you, guys. Take care. I thought I'd go easy on you at the end. <laughs> This the story about you and your Eagles jersey, and then putting. I mean, I mean, Lisa's just rolling her eyes. No, she she, she knew that. Yeah, she's been told that story, and she just know. and she did shake her head at that time and just moved on. <laughs> but actually, I think I was in my Eagles apron at the time. Actually, oh wait, no, that was the Super Bowl party we had. Scratch that. Yeah, he was right. It was my jersey. You have an Eagles apron? I, I do. Lisa actually made it for me for the Super Bowl party that we hosted my senior year. So that was the Seahawks Pat Super Bowl. And I was in my, I cooked us cheesesteaks in my Eagles apron for the Super Bowl that day. Yeah. And I got that same reaction from Alex and our other roommate. <laughs>
Well, the only thing that you, I can't make fun of is that Lisa made it for you. Yes. It was a thoughtful gift. Very thoughtful. I mean, I wouldn't be caught, you know what, in it, but... I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, you wouldn't want I, a Penn State apron? No. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I was just curious. No. But I, fi yeah, I figured that would be the answer. <laughs> okay. We'll come back with more. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070. WKOK. Lloyd, we get in on this. Carly Lloyd for the United States. 4-1! The new record Olympics goal scorer for the United States is Carly Lloyd. The 10th of her career, second of the game, and the U.S. are heading for the bronze medal. Yeah, the, the biggest problem the U.S. had at the end was Alyssa Nair's knee injury. If Alyssa Nair is not hurt, I think the U.S. might be playing for gold. So they end up getting a bronze. As they beat Australia, what, 4-3 was the final? Yeah, they got, two, they got two goals late after that Lloyd yeah. goal made it 4-1. Yeah, Carly Lloyd scored twice, Megan Rapino scored twice. And the U.S. won bronze. Um, so there you go. Uh, the rate, the numbers, they're up to about, I guess, Tuesday night. They had about 14 million viewers. Uh, I think that's the night Simone Biles won a bronze, correct? Yeah, that would be Tuesday night. So that's definitely not surprising. Yeah. Um, and... So it's still below what a Sunday night football broadcast would be, numbers-wise. I mean, look, there are a lot of reasons, uh, you know, and it's more more than just. And there are a lot of reasons why it's down. I mean, number one, there's a little bit less interest. Period. Number two is a lot of sports people aren't interested in uh, that are being performed right now. I don't know about you. I think you know skateboarding is. I can't skateboard, so... Yeah, but I have not watched that yet. It's, But it's also not a great draw to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd be naive to not think that for some people, a segment of the population, the social justice issue comes into play. Okay. Um, the fact that... But here's one for you that I don't think a lot of people have taken into account. I think... a. a and we've talked about how NBC, you know, everything's all over the place and, you know, there's no rhyme or reason as to what's on, when it's on, what's live, what's not. But here's another reason I don't think people have really thought about in terms of lower viewership for the Olympics. More people are traveling this summer by a wide margin. That's a great point, especially and, coming off of last year. Right. I mean, more people are all over. They're going on vacation. They're heading places taking the time to watch TV. I think that's part of it. I think it's a, I think, you know, it's a bigger part of it than people realize. And, and we, you ran, 
think, well, we ran the story about Spirit Airlines, an American. Well, it's really significant because a lot of people are flying. So the travel this summer is exponentially greater than we've seen in a few years because people have been cooped up and they've just been aching to get out and go someplace, and they have, which means fewer people watching TV. The suit, by the way, knew all the results from skateboarding. <laughs> it's, it's You're just, probably right about that. It's just sad. And not only that, he bought an apron with a skateboarder on it. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, Force Freedom, Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kid. Routes 11 and 15, Ovals Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Best in pre-owned inventory. Great sales staff, fabulous service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us today. We found out that Matt has multiple aprons. Um, <laughs> but he has a Yankee apron. Um, I guess there's a hole in it because of the defense, um, but that's all right. It's rather symbolic. Yeah. No, it kind of is. <laughs> um, David Taylor, of course, won the gold medal today, Olympic uh, wrestling. Takedown with uh, under 15 seconds to go. And, ooh. Gary Sanchez tested positive for COVID-19. The man you love to hate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with this. This has just been... What's going on with it? What's going on with it is, is quite simple. They get tested all the time. Why, why do you think? Oh, I mean, in that essence, yeah, but it's just the they've been one of the more hit teams with COVID recently. Yeah. It's just a little strange to me, but and they're they're over eighty five percent by the way. Yeah, so they're, exactly. They're not a, they're not an under. But you know, I always ask the same question all the time: Are, Do they feel sick? And they, almost all these guys tell you, no, they don't feel sick. So, I don't know. Some people have sniffles. I mean, they're not. And also, Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole, and Jordan Montgomery, right? Yeah, they both tested positive, so that's why you saw some odd names the other night. Yeah, yeah they're going to play the what the Mariners starting tonight. Yeah, big four game series in the yeah. wild card standings. Good for the Mariners. Good for the Mariners, seriously, uh, because they were. I mean, let's face it. In the last couple of years, they looked down and out, and to their credit, they're having a good year. So. The um, there'll be a lot of big stories. Name, image, and likeness will be a big story. Uh, obviously, you now have a basketball player and a football player uh, 
reclassifying so they can go to college earlier and make money off name, image, and likeness. While I support their ability to make money, it doesn't mean I have to like the fact that this is, this is what we're doing now. And I respect the fact they can do it, all right? And I hope they can make money. But man, why? I never, I, I don't know. I just thought it was, for me, I don't know. Obviously, I want to make a buck like anybody else. Um, um, unlike the suit, I'd rather do it reputably, but I mean, it's a different story. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul Do you notice how he was working the patio yesterday? Do you notice that? Yes. And, like, and how often he was ignored? I mean, all right, so I was just, <laughs> I kind of looked over, like, well, what are you doing? Uh, but... I mean, I want to look. Obviously, I want to make a dollar like anybody else. You know, I want to pay my mortgage. Like, you know, whatever. You know, have some extra money to go do something, whatever it may be. Um, and at the age of eighteen, I mean, look, I've been working since I was ten years old. I'd go in on Saturdays for my father and I would clean the bathrooms and the toilets and everything. And that was my job when I was 10 years old at a whopping 35 cents an hour. Okay. And, and I remember I remember when I got a raise to 50 cents an hour. I remember when that, I mean, I, that was like, that was a big deal to me. So I, you know, I've never been able to envision seven figures of anything in my lifetime, and I think in a lot of ways, I, to be honest with you, there's really nothing I would trade. What would I, would I trade my playing football my senior year in high school? No. Um, now, I wasn't going to make seven figures, but I had a lot of great memories from it. Great memories from it. And I feel like you, you, need, you need to get what you can get. I understand that. Okay. Um and, I, and as you know, how often have I said on the show, I'm all for what anybody can get. But I've always been somebody that's appreciated all the stages of my life. I appreciated when I was a kid. I loved it. You know, playing football under a street lamp in, in October. It gets a little darker in New England earlier because the sun goes down sooner. But under a street lamp at 4.30 in the afternoon on a November day playing 
football under the street lamp. You know, going down to the park and playing baseball in the summertime, playing basketball in that dirt court down the street. I love doing that. Well, yeah, you know, I worked for my dad. Well, I always worked. I always worked. You know, I went from cleaning toilets and cleaning the shop and things like that to then actually being able to weld and, you know, and take blueprints and, and make parts and things like that. I mean, I'm talking precision stuff. You know, the loosest I had was ten thousandths. Every once in a while, I'd say maybe 10% of the work we got were five thousandths. So, I mean, you had to be precise. But I appreciated going to junior high. I appreciated going to high school. I loved, I loved my high school football experience. You know, I enjoyed college. When I was done with college, I enjoyed then starting to work my way through my career. You know, you, you had a couple bumps on the road along the way, but I enjoyed putting my career together. I never jumped ahead for anything. I never, I never felt I didn't want to bypass steps. You know, you talk about you know, you know, being a father, being a grandfather. Oh, yeah, your grandfather. I was like, you know, and now today, my oldest son. It's his birthday today, Mike. And uh, Mike turns thirty-nine today. But it. I loved being a father. I loved coaching baseball. Loved coaching basketball. Loved being a grandpa. I just love all the stages of life. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if young people are jumping past stages that they're going to miss out on something. That maybe in the end is going to make them better because they had to, they had to jump, jump a stage to do something. And I might be completely wrong about that. Maybe just jump into it and taking the money, you take the money. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, waxing too poetic here. I mean, because obviously I never had an apron. <laughs> I, I think they may have to rethink some things if they're just getting aprons for the, when it comes to NIL, but that's just me. You know, I mean, and look, in the initial stages of name, image, and likeness, I expected this to happen. I expected some people to reclassify. Okay. And they did. So, I mean, these are not things I didn't expect. And I respect the fact that they can do it. I respect what they're trying to do. But that doesn't mean I have to sit back and go, hey, this is awesome. Because I'm sitting there going, oh, you know, how often have you heard me wax poetic about a Friday night in the fall and how everybody comes together for a high school football game? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, some people are there because their child is in the band. Some people are there because their child is a cheerleader. Some people are there because their child is, is a, in, the color, uh, in the color guard. Some people are there because their child is um, it's homecoming. Some people are there because their child's on the football team. And some people are there is because it's their town team playing or their regional team playing. And some people are there because... They just love high school football on a Friday night. And it's a great gathering spot. And you get there and it's under the lights. You know, the mugginess of summer transition to the Christmas of fall. Leaves turning. You know, Shikalimi wins a game. Sealand's girl wins a game. 
Mifflinburg wins a game, Lewisburg wins a game, Danville wins a game, Midwest wins a game. You know, Southern Columbia wins a game. You know, everybody, how great everybody feels about that. And I mean, it's something playing for your school or your town, things like that. I, you know, I don't know. So I don't want to lose some of the stuff because I just think this stuff is important. I think it's just important to the fabric of, of a young person. It's important to the fabric of a town. It's important to the fabric of a school. It can't always be every second about the pursuit of the almighty dollar, is it? And I can ask Mathis, because if the suit were here, it is all about the pursuit of the almighty dollar. I mean, you know. Oh, my almighty! I mean, I asked him one time, I said, I said, what does broadcasting Shiklemi football mean to you? And he said about $1.2 million contractually. I mean, I was like, I, that wasn't the answer I expected. No God! No God! No God! <laughs> Having a good time, Matt? <laughs> Always. <laughs> What does broadcasting Shiklemi football mean to you? Oh, about $1.2 million to actually. <laughs> That's our guy. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know. And I don't want to be sound like the old man get off my lawn thing. But, again, not every new idea. There are some new ideas that are great ideas. Not every new idea is a great idea. There are some old ideas that are antiquated and outdated. And there are some old ideas that are still tried and true. So never... Okay, remember, remember the difference between the four. You've got to remember there's a difference between the four. Not, okay, there are some new ideas that are great ideas. Not every new idea is a great idea. There are some old ideas that are antiquated and outdated. Oh, and by the way, not every old idea is a bad idea because it's tried and true. And I think we got to remember which category all this stuff falls under. Because I think what, what I just talked about, the scenario I talked about, a high school, a Friday night, everybody getting together. I know, it could be soccer, it could be field hockey, it could be whatever. But, you know, football is the one everybody rallies around in the fall. There's just something about it that is special, community, and something I think people that participate in it will never forget. And... I know everybody wants to get older faster. When you're younger, everybody wants to get older faster. Just like every individual in my class that I'm about to teach starting on August 23rd, every single one of them wants to be working for ESPN and being on SportsCenter next year. And no offense, there isn't a single one of them that's going to. <laughs> but they want to because they want to jump the steps to get there. I got it. I got it. 
But what's interesting about steps in life, you know, with, I'm talking about the reclassification and suddenly you're going to be going to Ohio State, suddenly you're going to be going to Duke instead of playing for your high school team. And there's one thing about steps. Taking steps allows you to be ready for the next step. When you're walking up a flight of stairs and you skip a step to climb up two instead of one, how much more does it take to get up to push yourself up to that second step when you skip one? That's the way life is. It's much easier, though, when you're in the kitchen and have an apron that's embroidered. Yeah, maybe. No, I don't have one. Back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merce family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. I know you love Friday nights, don't you? Always. I can't wait yeah. to get back going with the high school gridiron. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, because not all of us are in it for the money. I mean, <laughs> Dave Ritchie does it for the lover. S-U-I-T. That spells suit. Considering the situation, Dave's really going to love it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. But I mean, that, I mean, that's I don't know. That that's how I I view. Maybe it's old fashioned, you know, which I understand. It, you know, maybe it's an old fashioned viewpoint. But I I just think, and I've always thought that you get a lot out of. The steps in life. That if you handle each step properly, plus and minus, it makes you better. But then again, there's another saying. Money is not everything, but it's way ahead of what's in second place. I mean, that's... <laughs> by that motto? Who is that? Who do you think? 
<laughs> Our money isn't everything. So why ahead of us in second place? <laughs> oh, my almighty! <laughs> That's our guy. Getting it done. Just think you appreciate life more when you when you when you take all the steps. But again, you know, just go out and I understand. You know, look, you want you want cash? I got the cash. You know, yeah. But I, I expected people to jump, like reclassify, because I've already seen a couple guys reclassify senior year and show up mid-year in basketball. I've already seen that. I expected it to happen in football, and it's happening. Yeah. I respect it. I understand it's well within the rules to do it. doesn't mean I have to, in the big picture, like, like it. <laughs> but, hey, it's all right. Three weeks from Saturday, Nebraska plays Illinois. Can't wait. Now, that was originally supposed to be in Dublin, you know. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be played in Champaign instead. Dublin, Champaign, Champaign, Dublin. I've done games in both. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll, I think we know what the answer is, but we'll try again next year. I, mean, I understand why they're not. So. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Umbles Wharf online at sunburymotors.com.